<laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, ha. okay. What's everybody talking about? I can tell you what they talking about. You know they got the what's happening now. It's the talk of the town. It's our Black View podcast. Other shows just be running their mouth. We need the facts, please don't filter it out. I listen every day to make it around. Cheryl and Carolyn found that's our Black View podcast. our Black View podcast. Welcome to another episode of our Black View podcast with your hosts, Cheryl Wilkinson and Carolyn Harrison. Today, we have a great show lined up for you. And just for those of you who haven't, or this may be your first time tuning in to our Black View, our podcast delves into all segments of Black America. We shine a spotlight on individuals, on events, and everyday topics that are making an impact. And today, we are on episode number three. We don't have a special guest today. Well, we do have a special guest. <laughs> Me and Cheryl are the special That's guests it. today. <laughs> so if you were looking for special guests, hey, you got it right here. Two <laughs> special guests today. And matter of fact, let me introduce or let me welcome my co-host today, Miss Cheryl Wilkerson. Cheryl, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Carolyn. We do have a good show lined up. It's, it's topics that are important to our community. So I think we should get into it. Yeah. Yes, yes. We're going to talk about the Tulsa race survivors, the reparation case. Yeah, we're going to talk about what has happened when that ruling with uh, Black Wall Street, that area of Tulsa, Oklahoma, we have three survivors that were looking for recompense. And we'll talk about whether they're going to get it or not. Also, Tyree Nichols. You remember that story, right, Carolyn? Yes, I do. Yeah, absolutely. That was a young man in Memphis, Tennessee, 29 years old, that was fatally shot by the And we have an update on that. And I know you, I know you got some people you want to shout out. Definitely. But before we get into that, Cheryl, I do want to bring awareness and attention to a young lady by the name of Carly Russell. I know you've heard about this, Cheryl. It's been trending all over social media. A young woman from Birmingham, Alabama, she was driving on the highway this past Thursday night, and she saw a toddler on the side of the road. And this was on I-459 in Birmingham or close to Hoover, Alabama, which is not too far. And Cheryl, she called 911 to report that she saw a baby, a toddler on the side of the road. And she was talking to her sister-in-law on the phone. Her sister-in-law heard her get out of the car and asked the child, are you okay? The next thing the sister-in-law heard, the phone dropped, uh, her um, Carly was screaming, and then it went silent. Now, the police pulled up about three minutes after that, and they found Carly's car running with the door open. They found her wig nearby, her phone, and her Apple Watch. So, Cheryl, very strange abduction that just happened. Um, what are your first thoughts when you hear this? Do you think that the child was a ruse or a lure to get her to stop? First, I have to say, when I read that article and I heard that they heard her scream through that phone, I just, as a mother, as a human being, you just, your heart just goes out. I was like, yeah. what in the world? But yes, I think it's obvious that some sick soul out here is using a child, which I would add, that child is in just as much danger as yes. this young at this point. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, also, Cheryl, uh, reports kept, were coming in saying that someone called and said they saw a gray vehicle in front of Carly's car. She drives a red Mercedes before the police arrived. But other than that, there were no leads on the case. Now, um, her family says that she was in the medical field. She was very amb ambitious, a beautiful young woman, Cheryl. So like you said, um, some of her description, she was about four, five feet, mm. four inches. She was last seen wearing a black t-shirt with black pants and she had on white Nike shoes. And they just released a picture of her, Cheryl, from the night before, I mean, from that night. You know, she had been out with, I guess, some friends or somewhere and took a picture. So they have a very recent picture of her circulating on social media. But, but you know, one of the suspicious things about this case, Cheryl, is that the police said they never got a call for a missing child. Right, right. That's yeah. what makes it very yeah. strange that, you know, now that I we, saw- That we think this child is just yeah. being used. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I saw on a friend's Facebook page, it was images of a, now this is not relating to this case, but just in general, there were images of a baby stroller on the side of the road. And they were just saying, you know, if you see a stroller on the side of the road, do not stop because apparently this has been used before to lure women into being abducted or taken away, Cheryl. This is a sick individual or individuals, but I know one thing. They are not smarter. They're going to get caught, Carolyn. Yeah. They're going to get caught. But in the meantime, we're going to say yeah. prayers for this young lady and Absolutely. we're going to post and share her story and we're going to stay on it. We're not going to let it just fall by the wayside. No, not at all, Cheryl. Our heart goes out to her family and her loved ones. Since recording this podcast, it has been reported that Carly Russell has returned home. At 10.44 p.m. Saturday, July 15th, the police say they received a call that Russell had returned home on foot. Police responded to the scene to investigate and Hoover Fire Medics responded to the scene as well. They transported Carly to UAB Hospital for evaluation. Her family is asking for privacy during this time and plans to speak in the near future. Now, sure. We do mm -hmm. want to give some salutes and shout outs, uh, which is a segment that, that we started and we want to highlight, um, you know, special accomplishments of some individuals. And uh, I have two today. Uh, number one, I want to send a salute to an uh, actor named Hill Harper. Y'all may have known Hill Harper from numerous movies that he's done, but he just announced uh, his run for the open seat. Uh, the Senate seat in Michigan, Cheryl. What do you think about that? I think he uh, he's well known. Uh -huh. He's a smart man. He yes. knows his history, yes. and uh, so far he's been for the culture. So it looks like a good look to me. Me too, Cheryl. I think Hill has been positioning himself for this for a while. You know, because mm -hmm. he he's kept a, a squeaky clean record. You never never hear of any scandals about him. You never hear of anything. You know any tantalizing or, or salacious right. uh, gossipy stories about him. So I feel like he's been positioned. This has been weighing on his mind and his heart for a while. He's been positioning himself for this day. And I would love to see him serve. He, he does not strike me as the type who would let his celebrity get to his head, but he seems very down to earth. And like, he's really going to be here. Like you say, for the people. Yep. 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 It's exciting. Yeah. So uh, my other shout, shout out I want to give, Cheryl, did you hear about this? The ladies of Alpha Kappa Alpha, which you just previously mentioned, they became the first Black-owned, women-led, sorority-based 
Digital Banking Financial Institution. I'm so excited to hear about this. I was like, well, can I sign up? Because <laughs> I want to support the ladies of AKA. Unfortunately, it is for members only, Cheryl, but I just, I take my hat off and salute these ladies. I feel like this is what put your money where your mouth is. This, this is the epitome of that, that they are building a legacy for their sorority and for the young ladies who are going to come behind them. I'm so proud to hear this. This, like, this is what we should be doing in the world, Cheryl. I love this. When I read the story, I was wondering if they are just starting with the sororities and then they'll open it up to all Greeks and then maybe they'll open it up to the public, but, you mm-hmm. know, slow and steady. But yeah, yeah that's good because the economic base, the foundation, that's that's what we need to get to. And yeah. you're right. It's a proud moment to see. You know, I'm not Greek. I just my mom was a Delta, but it uh-huh. was just never in me. But I admire the sororities and the fraternities that are yeah. out here yeah. doing big things. I do too, Cheryl. So salute and shout out to the ladies of AKA and Mr. Hill Harper. Mm. Cheryl, let's get into our episode. Let's start it off with the Tulsa survivors. Um, Oh my gosh. Cheryl, can can you give us a little background of the story and and lead us into uh, our discussion today? Yeah, Greenwood. um, Okay, so let's go back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, 1921. And Mm. it was a thriving Black community. From what I read, the uh, Black population, the women went to Europe to get their dresses every year. There were doctors, there were hospitals, there were, it was, it was just thriving. It was a wonderful, beautiful Black community. And I say this all the time, Carolyn, mm-hmm. after we were brought here mm-hmm. against their will mm-hmm. and we built this entire nation, mm-hmm. then we had enough that we went back and we built our own communities yes. and they were thriving. And then you turn around and destroy that, but let's get back to the story. So uh, Greenwood, uh, Greenwood, (laughs) we've got these people that look over a fence and they're like, oh, those black people over there, they're doing so well. We don't like that. Why are they doing better than we're doing? Right. We're going to do something about this. And the reports I've read. Carolyn said anywhere from 300 to 3,000 Black people were killed after mm. others looked over the fence and did mm-hmm. not like because they were jealous mm-hmm. of this Black community that was built up. Yeah. So now years later, we have three survivors. We have Miss Leslie Randall. We have Miss Viola Fletcher. And we have Hughes Van Ellis. Yes. They have sued Tulsa, Tulsa because they say, look, we are due money for the hell we went through. Miss Viola is 109 years old, right? Yeah, yes. Speaking of which, she has a book coming out. So you all might want to check that out, Viola Fletcher. But uh, recently, the judge, the judge name is Carolyn Wall, uh, said, no, toss the case. They're not going to force the city to make recompense. And you just you just can't understand why, Carolyn. Is it still because of this beautiful black skin? Is that why you tossed the case? Oh, absolutely. Because the unique thing about that, Cheryl, Judge Caroline Wall, she was the one who actually advocated for them to move forward with the case. So they were like, okay, well, what is the change of heart now? Like you kind of pushed us. I want to find a quote where uh, it says that, but uh, I just want to mention, since you said that uh, Miss Viola Fletcher's book name is called Don't Let Them Bury My Story. So make sure you order that. We're going to try to flood that 
and make sure that we support her so we can get her story, continue to get her story out there. But yeah, her attorney states that part of why they were surprised was because that same judge, Caroline Wall, uh, who dismissed the case last year, she ruled that the lawsuit could move forward. So maybe she thought, ah, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, these politicians- I feel like it's set up. They get, like and, set up. And they get paid off, Cheryl. Who knows yeah. who got to her and said, hey, you can't let them move forward with this. Correct. This is not, you know, uh, one quote said that they've waited 102 years to get justice and reparations. Um, their attorney- who is Solomon Simon. Well, Mm -hmm. that's her hyphenated name. I can't remember her first name, but uh, she stated, quote, we were forced to plead this case beyond what is required under Oklahoma standards. Her name is Demario, excuse me, Demario Solomon Simmons. And she said, we will not go quietly. We will continue to fight until our last breath. Like so many Black Americans, we carry the weight of intergenerational racial trauma day in and day out. The dismissal of this case is just one more example of how America, and specifically Tulsa's legacy of racial harm, racial distress, is disproportionately and unjustly borne by Black communities. Because had that community been left the heck alone... Mm -hmm the the wealth that they would have accumulated for themselves for their children yes. for their great great children you cannot just say that does not matter meanwhile right. you're being handed down legacy admissions to this yes. university and that university so don't tell us that we're wrong to go to court for what is due these people Correct. i mean it's it's an abomination it just carolyn oh, sure. gets me worked up I think it, it. I think you have a point when you say it is a setup because, I mean, they specifically pleaded their case to the T. Like mm-hmm. it could, this could be a tech, a case book study of how to properly uh, um, request for reparations, right? But yep. they still. Well, Cheryl, did you know that this past Monday? that the lawyers announced that they're going to appeal the case. So this right, is right, right, right. This yeah, is far yeah, yeah. from over. They are going to take it to the next level to the Oklahoma Supreme Court. I'm sitting on pins and needles on the edge of my seat waiting to see uh what's going to happen. But sure they're also calling on the federal government to conduct an in- investigation into the massacre. Now, I thought that was brilliant because if they get the federal government in uh in involved, that's going to open up or hopefully give them some more evidence or some more, you know, ammo to be able to plead their case. So I, I'm curious to see everything that's going to unfold in this. And, and I want to see a win, obviously, for these survivors. And one thing I just want to say, you know, the Tulsa race riot, people might call it the Tulsa massacre. Massacre is a more correct word. Race riot. Don't call these. They're all, if you can look at the United States, you can see a map of all the places where Black communities were attacked. It was not the Black communities that were rioting. Let's not get it confused. Right. It was the Black communities that were being attacked. So the word riot is supposed to be somewhat neutral and you're wondering, you know, maybe the Black people went in rioting. No, that's not it. We were attacked. 
Yeah. It, they were massacres. Okay. Absolutely. Ugh. Now, um, in the lawsuit, the plaintiffs argued that the damage inflicted during the massacre was a public nuisance, sought relief to recover for unjust enrichment that others gain from the exploitation of the massacre. So that's why I say this is textbook, Cheryl. If you're teaching a law class, like they mm -hmm. can use this case as the perfect example, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and uh, it just shows the racism of these public officials, of these courts and, and lawyers and judges, and they just refuse to let Black people be great. Be great. And Finding their business within the walls of our community. But they have sent billions of dollars to Ukraine. And I'm not saying that Ukraine don't need it. I'm not saying that we should not have allies in the world when you look at the scope of the world. But what I'm saying is America has a habit of helping everybody else except for helping their house. Like you, you would rather burn your house and tear your house down to help somebody else across the street, you know, and it's just, it's getting real old now, Cheryl. It's real. It really is. It's getting old. I read this week that the U.S. has sent Ukraine a hundred billion dollars, mm -hmm. $100 billion. Mm -hmm. Yep. They just had the NATO conference this week yep. Yep. and, and I'm not against it. I'm not against it because I do believe in having world allies. Because if one of these crazy Putin or Kim Jong-un or this fool Trump get in somebody's ear, we're going to be in trouble. We're going to need all the world allies that we can get. You mm -hmm. know? But yep. I'm just saying, like, come on, y'all. At some point, these people, uh, the survivors that you named, Cheryl, Miss Randall, she's 108. Miss Fletcher is 109. Mm -hmm. Yep. And her brother, Mr. Van Ellis, is 102. Now, clearly, Cheryl, I mean, God has spared them this long, but clearly they're not going to live to see the end of this case. So clearly this is about uh, setting a precedence. It's about right. Uh, right. just getting what's right. And obviously this is going to be for their family. You know, they're already talking to their family members and letting them know, hey, when this comes down and you get this, you know, maybe they would start a fund or some kind of nonprofit in honor of their name of, you know, supporting black communities or black small, small black businesses or something. But clearly this is just, you know, just for doing the right thing. This is doing the right thing. My brother gave me a gift certificate to a bookstore and I am going to use it to <laughs> read Miss Viola's book because yes. that is on my list. Yes, I, I agree. I'm going to order her book too. Um, I just want to support. And the fact that she titled it so aptly, don't yep. Bury my story. Yes, ma'am. I'm not gonna let them. I'm gonna read your book, Miss Viola. And Cheryl and I, we may have a, a read along. I've seen that very popular on YouTube, Cheryl. So we may have to highlight some important chapters or or paragraphs out the book, and then we could just read it and discuss it just to keep her story out there. I really like that. Okay. I like Sounds that. Good. Well, Cheryl, let's transition to this retired Memphis officer. Um uh, Detective Mark LaShore. Yeah. Uh, he had been speaking out about the Tyree Nichols killing. He was very vocal and he was found dead. But sure, let's back up a little bit for our listeners. Uh, tell us about the Tyree Nichols story and who he who he was and and what happened to him. That was a crazy story. It happened. I think it was this year. I think it was January 7th of this year. 
And of course, five members of this so-called elite police force in Memphis, they were called the Scorpion Unit. Mm -hmm. They were charged with murder after they stopped Tyree Nichols and they beat him. I mean, he went to the hospital, but he did die three days later. They disbanded the Scorpion Unit because a video of Nicholas's beating was publicly uh, released, right? Yeah. So his family since then, I think it was back in April, they filed a a million dollar lawsuit, $550 million. It was a federal lawsuit and it was against the city of Memphis and the police department. And the suit said that, you know, Carolyn, they were unqualified. They weren't trained. They weren't supervised. Mm -hmm. This man was 29 years old driving home, beaten to a pulp. Yeah. You know, it's just like, what is going through your heads? But the city of Memphis is now asking, they filed a motion, as a matter of fact, to strike strike away certain statements from a civil lawsuit that was filed by Tyree Nichols' mother. Well, hold on, Cheryl, back up a little bit. So Mm -hmm. just to put it in context, remember there was, now was this, um, speculation was this conspiracy remember one of the um black officers who beat tyree wasn't mm-hmm. there some association with a child's mother weren't they dating the same woman that was they haven't played that angle up too much they're just mm-hmm. pretty much throwing all the officers in the same boat that y'all were wrong when you did this but you're right there was an allegation that mm-hmm. because of that relationship that's why this young man was targeted on his way home right right so this detective, Mr. Mark LaShore, he was very vocal about yes. the injustice from the inside of the police yes. department, corruption and things like that. And he was speaking out against specifically, well, not just Tyrese murder, but he was speaking out in general of the Memphis yes. police department and some of their practices. Well, he was found dead in his front yard at about 8 a.m. And um, the medical reporters, uh, coroner stated that he had a heart attack. He was pronounced dead on the scene and, you know, his family ID'd him. Now, just to give you a little backstory on uh, Detective LaShore, he served in the Army for about 10 years as an MP, which is the military police officer. Then he joined the Memphis Police Department in 1992. He recently retired in 21, but Mm -hmm. he went back to school to earn his master's degree. He was a respected mentor in the community. And the the city actually dedicated a street to a former middle school football coach. Um, and LaShore was an advocate for that. He wanted to, ins- he was inspired to create a better way for the youth. So he wanted to give them an alternative besides game banging. And we know yep. Memphis is one of the roughest cities, you know, inner city communities. It's tough growing up on those Memphis streets. So he wanted those kids to see something different. They started a nonprofit or- organization in the neighborhood. Yeah. Kids away. Yeah. From gun violence. And he, he promoted and advocated for them to read instead of picking up a gun, pick up a book and read. You know, his motto was we fought with our pen and paper. We didn't fight with our fists and guns. But now, I don't understand the part of Shante Daniels. That's yes. Let's, I don't let's, understand it. Yes. Let's get into that. So um, tell us about Shante, Cheryl, who she was and, and what was her connection to this story? Well, like you said, he was found face dead in his driveway. But the stories I read said she rolled up on him and she asked him for some money. Yes. He went in the house. He got the money. He came back. He gave her the money. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not understanding because 
supposedly he has a heart attack and then right. she steals from him. She ends up going in his house. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so the way I read it was she did have an interaction with him before eight o'clock when he was pronounced dead, somewhere between six and seven, I'm guessing. She asked him for $10. When he went to the house, he turned to go to the house. That's when he had the heart attack. So he never got a chance to go in the house and get anything from her. That's when she took the opportunity herself and emptied his pockets. But, you know, that is a crime, Cheryl, because once somebody dies, they're considered a cadaver and you cannot rob a cadaver. I see the story. The way I read it and a couple of things, it said that he did go in the house and came back out and gave her money. Now, this is interesting. Okay. Well, either way, let's say he did or he didn't. Okay. I think that's very minor to the story. He, let's say he gave her the money. That's fine. She still robbed him. She emptied his pockets. She sent $1,500 using his phone. So probably via cash app or Zelle. Um, and then she was flashing the money around town. She went and bought some shoes. She yep. went to the hair salon and she got her nails done, Cheryl. This man is lying in the middle of his yard. And yep. you go on a shopping spree? <laughs> so now I'm going to add some speculation here because I'm always trying to put a whole story together, right? Mm-hmm. Clearly, this is some woman that he's dealt with before. He was very familiar with the woman. This wasn't a yes. ransom and yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah, a stranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to even venture to say they may have had a sexual relationship. Now, this is Carolyn. This is not in any reports. This is Carolyn's speculation. Because the fact that she, you know, that money situation between a woman and a man, sometimes if you're not family, sometimes that's based on sexual favors, right? And I'm just saying, she had some kind of interaction with this man. You know, not that it it excuses her, because the point is that she robbed him, whether it was before death or after death. You can't steal from, as the reports say, a cadaver. So I'm not liking any of this because I'm finding too many discrepancies about whether (laughs) he went in the house or not. I Mm -hmm. read one report. They say they don't know what he died of. Other reports Mm -hmm. are saying he died of a heart attack. It's too much going on. We need to figure this out. And he is a member of Omega Sapphire. So yes, again, he is. Yes, they're he not going to let this die. They better right. come clean with this, Carolyn, because it's not going to be pretty. Well, you know, when I initially read it, I thought they were trying to say like this was some type of retaliation from one of the five officers who killed mm-hmm. Tyree. Right. But then right. as I kept reading and saw that he had a heart attack, I was like, wow, what is the odds that he would have a heart attack Yeah, in, in his yard, you know? Yeah. Was he, I mean, was it some kind of distress, the the interaction he had with this Shantae Daniels? See, that's what I, I'm, you know? trying to, I'm trying to read into it a little bit, sure. I'm trying to get like the full, my spidey tenses is starting to tingle. And I'm like, you know, she's not telling the full story. Well, now Shantae is facing the char- charges of aggravated burglary, two counts of theft and identity theft. And that was probably for, Trent, you know, sending the money on her behalf. Yeah. Yeah, And she's being held in custody for a $100,000 bond. And the way that the officers found it, they looked through his security yep. and they yep. saw yep. that she was with him moments before he died. Who knows, Cheryl, maybe they had a drink and I'm not talking a uh, um, uh, uh, alcoholic drink. I'm just saying maybe she put something in his drink. 
I don't know, but I first thing somebody got to give me a, a tell me what he died from first. I, mm-hmm. I need to know this, okay? And then we need to go backwards. And like you said, we can pull security tape and see all along the street. You know how they do? They'll flag a whole street and see what happened. You know, was he okay? Yeah. Was he alive and well before she rolled up on? I mean, what's right. going on? Well, let me throw another caveat in here, Cheryl. So uh, reports are saying she was seen on video making a phone call and the and the video picked up her voice saying, quote, we are going to see who knows the law, end quote. So that sounds like some type of retaliation. She wanted to get him. Maybe he threw that at her a lot, b- being a police officer. Hey, the law, you're breaking the law. You can't do this. So now she was getting him back for all the times that, he may have said that to her. We're going well, to see who knows the law. Well, who knows? Maybe she is some kind of way connected to one of these five policemen. Absolutely. That's definitely a possibility. I mean, Memphis, I, I feel like Memphis is a, a small community, you know, the city mm-hmm. of Memphis. And, and they probably do all, you know, police, they hang in, especially when the police, black police come from uh low low income neighborhoods and they climb to be something better they know all the people in the neighborhood because they grew up there so they know people in the community uh but it was later determined sure also that she had been on the phone with the memphis police after dispatch found it uh had received the 911 call so it's a lot of stuff they brought her in for questioning and she admitted. I mean, she came clean. Once they brought her in, she did admit to what she did. She said she stole from him. They were having an argument at his house and um, she wanted $10 for gas. That's when he pit. Well, this is her story. That's when they he pivot to go in the house and he ended up having a heart attack. I don't know. And the, the cases against the five cops, those are ongoing. Mm-hmm. So that's the update with that. And I don't know, she looks very young to me. Not very young, but she looks young to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she knows what she's gotten herself into if there are others involved with her. Right. Yeah. Very interesting story. It seems like all of our stories, Cheryl, are ongoing. <laughs> and we yes. all, we're going to have to keep an eye on it so that we can report later and give an update uh, as to what the outcome happens to be. So. I don't know. And a quickie I'm going to throw in there for you, Carolyn. Did you read where the WNBA players have announced Unrivaled? No, let's talk about it. Okay. Unrivaled is going to be a new off-season women's basketball um, league. Mm -hmm. And remember last week we were just talking about Cube and everything, right? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So I found that very interesting. So they're saying, you know, women won't have to go overseas. We know that whole Britney story, right? Yes. And it's going to give them another option in the off season that doesn't involve them traveling overseas. So it's supposed to run January through March. It'll feature 30 of the top women's players on six teams. They're going to play three on three and one on one instead of the usual five on five games. I hope it works. I've heard some people say, well, not enough people support the WNBA now. Right. So how's he going to support this? But, you know, anything is better than going overseas and ending up in jail for what, six months? Well, I got two things to say about that. Number one, I feel like with the rise of the the attention and the success that these young female uh, yep. college players have been having, yep. I think it's going to bring an increase uh, to women basketball as a whole. I agree with you on that. And that's exactly what I said. 
And yeah. these women are out here playing offense and defense. How about yes. that? Yes. And you have to give people opportunity. Now, I'll be honest, you know, we're in the Norfolk area. So I haven't seen a women's game come close to us. If mm-hmm. it came closer to us, I would probably be interested in going. I think the closest WNBA team to us is DC. Does DC have yep. a, a women's yep. team? Is that the Mystics? Yep. You're okay. Right. DC and then I guess North, uh, I'm sorry, New York would be the next closest team. And then what would be down south close to us? I know Atlanta has the dreams, Atlanta dream. I don't know if there's one in Charlotte or not. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But, you know, I mean, that's a that's a little travel for us to have to go. But right. I mean, I think if they move it around a little bit, spread it out a little more. I don't think it's the fact that people don't want to go to women's game. I think it's just the opportunity. I don't think well, the know, opportunity is there. Well, the women are doing things differently from the men. The women are playing offense and defense. When you play offense and defense, that's what makes the game exciting. You can't Mm -hmm. just stand there and shoot threes and think this is going to be an exciting game. Mm -hmm. It does not work that way. So I'm for it. And we got a shout out Sheila Johnson because, you know, she's the owner of the Mystics and doing her thing as a black female, the Salamander Spa. I'm dying to get to that spa, Carol. Me too. (laughs) You know, she does a, um, she does some kind of like festival or weekend event at Salamander. I feel like it's in August or September. Uh Uh, Frank has gone a couple of times. I think the past two years he's been, and he says, you know, it's the kind of thing like, a Dave Chappelle comedy show, you got to check, leave your phone at the door. It's no picture because they want people to really enjoy themselves and network and engage. And I remember my friend telling me he saw Angela Rye, shout out to Angela Rye. I love her. And he was like, she was so cool. She was so down to earth. You know, they don't want it to be a paparazzi thing. It's, It's a real chill upscale event. And they just want people to just have a good time and enjoy themselves. So we're, we're going to have to get up. We're going to have to go there one year, Cheryl. Yeah. She recently bought a hotel in DC, which from what I understand, it is a bit, it was a huge purchase. I mean, mm-hmm. really, you know, a, a feather in her cap. So we love Sheila Johnson. We have to yes. get her on the podcast. Absolutely. I would mm-hmm. love it. <laughs> well, I- Carol, we have done our thing, huh? We have, we had a great show. Another great one. Uh, I just hope that it gets people talking and thinking because, you know, it's all right with these reality shows and they're going to be popping more than ever with the writer's strike and the actor's strike. I get that. But there are real things that are going on in our community that we need to be aware of and get involved with. And I don't mean get involved with it when it happens in our family, because usually that's what happens. I mean, we need to get involved when it's happening to other people's family, because that's still our family. Absolutely. Sure. Well said. I love the way you put that. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in today and thank you for listening. Also, remember, you can catch our podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, uh, I'm sorry, iHeart. You can catch it on Amazon Music, wherever podcasts are available. Also, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. It's OBV Podcast. And sure, we're on threads. Everybody has joined threads. (laughs) We're on threads too. So make sure you follow us on threads and see what we have to say. Again, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so you can get the notifications of when a new episode comes out. Cheryl, any last words? Nope. I just love you and I love the listening audience. Talk to you next Tuesday.